When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is Friday, December 10th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 438 featuring longtime NBA scribe Ian Thompson, powered by betonline.ag and INSA. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And go to insa.com, that's I-N-S-A.com. Mention we sent you, get a t-shirt for a penny. Okay, here we go. Celtics. It's it's not been good, but this is Celtics beat, and we'll do the best that we can. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti here with you as always. And uh, a, a man, we, whether he's trying to, it's like looking into Evan Valenti's future in a way. Ian Thompson, for anyone that is looking at us on video, these two guys just outshining me in every way imaginable, especially when it comes to the wardrobe. Ah. I mean, I'm sitting here rocking my, my Insta t-shirt for a penny, which, you know, the people need to get. And I'll tell you more about that in a little while, but you guys, you look great between, you know, the, the, the blazers and the, I don't know what are, it's, it's not really a turtleneck. It's like it's a, a half turtleneck, my friend. It's called a what mock neck. It's a mock neck. Yes. It's about halfway up, right? Instead of being the full neck, it's just a little slight one here, a little smaller, a little neater, but big turtlenecks are coming back. So. Whether we go mock or full, doesn't matter anymore. Guys, step up your game. Wear some nice sweaters. It's a great time. You're warm. You're stylish. Can't get any better. But for me, it's like looking in a mirror right now with Ian, a a, a very much more handsome mirror than me. He's clean cut. I don't know where he's going, but he looks good going there. That's for sure. If I'm your future, you need to go on the retreat, like right away. <laughs> Life-changing things where yeah. like look back on it and say, boy, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> you you have some serious decisions to make, Mr. Valenti. <laughs> hey, look, man. This is, the most, this is the most meaningful podcast you've ever participated in. <laughs> this is a life-changing podcast. So you can go one way and become Ian Thompson or go the other way and continue to be me. I don't know. We'll see. How it's like Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Get the story and let's go. Crazy thing to 88. Your future self. <laughs> Life changing ramifications right there. Right, well, sir. as long it's... as you know, no, your mom isn't out there hitting on you, you're probably in decent shape. Then, All right. Hey, it's, we, we, I'm, I'm stopping it there because yeah. who knows what direction we yep, could go yeah, in. I'm stopping it right there. It's not need to go back into the future. That's what we'll make it full circle now. 
if we drive 88 miles an hour toward a brick wall, you know, kind of like in, in back to the future three, when, when he winds up, you know, Marty McFly drives, either he's going to hit the billboard of, of all the, you know, the Cowboys and Indians on there, or he's going to, you know, go right through it and, and wind up back in time sort of feels like the Celtics have steamrolled themselves into that bullpen uh, or a billboard and, 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 you know, massive wall and the, uh, the whole like traveling back in time thing and, and, being safe that that didn't happen they're just they're guys they're getting motorboated out there on on the west coast right now they're going to finish up a one and four trip tonight in phoenix uh, i don't think that's uh we, we there's there's a reason that we're doing this today as opposed Bold to take right there yeah yeah i know against one of the top teams in the nba is so the the only way that i will feel badly uh, about us you know sitting here recording this show right now is if you know come tonight the celtics actually pull off a massive upset without Jalen Brown, who's on the trip, but missing the entire trip in terms of the games. If they win this game tonight and then like tomorrow rolls around, it's, ah, crap. Like that would have been a decent one to react to. I just don't think that's going to happen. You know, back-to-back losses in Los Angeles, obviously, you know, that's most recent. Yeah. The, uh, the, the offensive explosion in Portland blowing out the Blazers played really, really well in Utah, truthfully, but Unfortunately, just, uh, you know, when a team hits a record 27 three-pointers against you, there's, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But, Ian, we're sitting here talking about a uh, a, a, a middling team in, in every sense right now. I mean, they're 13-13. They're <laughs> and 13, They're 10th in the East sitting there, you know, right smack in the mix for the play-in tournament. That being said, I think I was just looking at it uh, so I can be accurate. Let me pull it up. You got between – I'll leave out four and five Miami and Washington, just go to Cleveland. So between six and 10, all those teams, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Charlotte, Boston, all separated by one game. The East is a jumbled mess. There's no doubt about it, but what do you make of what we've seen so far? You know, I I find myself um, stepping back and thinking about what Brad Stevens was probably thinking when he found out he was taking over the team. Uh, Maybe it wasn't a shock to him. It was a shock to the rest of us. But look where they are now, right now. Their leadership is a rookie uh, general manager, a rookie coach. Their best player is 23, right, Jason mm-hmm. Tatum? Uh, and Jalen Brown's not much further ahead. So I don't know that when Brad got into this year making these big deals to, you know, give away a draft pick to unload Kemba and bring back Al Horford to try to bring some cohesion to the team – I don't know that he had big hopes for the season. This this seems to be, you know, as I look at it now, looking back in hindsight, you know, seeing what we see now, I, I bet this is sort of probably what Brad expected we would see at the start of the year with a rookie coach putting a whole new system, getting guys to play differently, trying to play through Tatum and Brown and convince them to be more ball uh, playmakers and share the ball. And all that kind of stuff. These are all brand new things. Coach learning how to be a head coach, how to get his voice. Brad learning how to be an executive and oversee them. I don't know. I just, I just think that that um, maybe the expectations for this year, and I was as guilty as anybody, should be scaled back in hindsight. And then also, there's some perspective to be brought in, Adam, that you just you just alluded to. Right now, going into the Phoenix game. They're what two games out of fourth place, mm-hmm. and they're four and a half out of first place, and the whole league is middling. There's like three or four really good teams record wise, and everybody else is just really disappointed in themselves. Really, 
So um, as bad as it is here, there's a lot of this malaise going around the NBA right now, and it's very early in the year. And so if you look at like that, like with a rookie coach trying to figure out who he is and trying to to reconstitute the team, um, I think the long-term view is the necessary one. And it probably wouldn't be safe to be looking to make a big trade right now because there's just too many moving parts in the leadership. Mm. And um, uh, let's see how the team builds. And maybe over the last month, month and a half, it clicks. And all this teaching works for them. And they are sharing the ball and they are moving around. And Jalen Brown's healthy again. I mean, that I would think that's the goal for the leadership of the team right now is just to take the long-term approach and see where they are by the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, you go into the draft and I bet Brad Stevens is really, 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 really looking forward to making draft picks based on his college experience and maybe some frustration with the way Danny Ainge picked for them in recent years. And I know he hasn't been in the college game for a long time, but I'm sure he's got a foot in it. Lord knows the college teams have been recruiting him for years to go back. So I just, I just think there are reasons to hold, hold tight and just accept things as they are because they probably couldn't be better and see what happens. So two things with what you were just talking about. One, especially when you, not that this is a shock, everybody knows it, but I don't know, maybe it isn't outlined the way that you outlined it a lot of the time when we're obsessing over what's not going well for this team. The rookie GM, rookie head coach, young star who's 23. When is the, when the hell's the last time that happened in Celtics history? I mean, has that ever happened where, where, you know, your, your brain power, those in charge, your influencer on the floor have all been in that situation. I mean, you'd have to go way, way back. I mean, before Danny Ainge, obviously, before Doc Rivers, you know, before I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know how far back you'd have to go to find a time in Celtics history where that has existed. The other part, you know, I agree with, I don't even know, 99% of, of what you just said. The one question I have is, do you believe the Celtics would be 13-13 if you weren't missing Jalen Brown for, as of tonight, more than half of your game so far? So I don't want to go down the whole road of like built-in excuses and that sort of thing, but when you're missing an all-star, which he is, you know, that is obviously significant unless you believe that he and Jason Tatum can't coexist and Tatum wouldn't be doing what he's doing if Brown were on the floor. And, you know, that whole group of people, then maybe you still believe they would be right around 500. But, you know, how much of of, of an impact is that in where they stand at the moment? Oh, I, I'm sure it is. And I bet they would have won a couple more games, but I think they'd still be infuriating. <laughs> I think we could watch them and just see if I was crazy watching them. Yeah. And the truest thing, the best thing I've heard, and this is the most promising thing I've heard all season from uh, the Udoka, the coach, was when he said, I can't remember which game it was, but he said, our, guy, our guys came out looking to develop themselves and then get their own games going and then get the team going. And we can't do that. And that summed up the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. who these guys are as individuals. They're, they're self-obsessed. They're, they just don't see the bigger picture. It doesn't mean they can't. It just means they're, they're immature as basketball players. And as a team, they, they're, this is, this is like middle school kind of stuff where you're worried about your own game first. And then, you know, they should be way past that, but they aren't. And um, maybe part of it is just uncertainty with the messaging and how, how, 
how do you think through a game from a new point of view, which is what the coach, new coach is trying to get them to do. But the fact that, that that's their mindset is really, um, really infuriating. And it shows, it rings true every so often when you watch them play. Um, the good thing about that, that statement was that he's, he isn't, he isn't yelling about it. He's, he's just saying what the facts are and it's being done with respect. And I bet a lot of fans wish he would yell because they're all yelling at the TVs watching the games. Um, but if he starts yelling, especially as a rookie coach who hasn't proved anything yet, um, he, I, I think he has a much better chance of reaching them. If he says, look, we're all in this together. You're young. I'm young. This is how we've got to play. Let's come together. I'm listening to you. You need to listen to me and develop that kind of partnership. He was working on that all last summer at the Olympics. Well, I was going to say, wasn't that what the whole off season, you know, conversation yeah. was about? That was the whole narrative. Exactly. Especially but getting hired with whether it was approval, influence, or both of Tatum and Brown. Exactly. But, but again, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not, if these guys are going into games looking to get themselves started, um, which we all know is true watching, um, then it just shows how far they have to go to develop it. It's it's not going to happen quickly. <clears throat> the good thing is the rest of the league has their own problems. Um, I remember a coach, a famous coach, I can't remember who, but never, under, never underestimate the probability that the other team is more messed up than you are. And that's like, and he used different language. But, but uh, I think that's true of the whole NBA. And all, a lot of these other teams around 500, they wish they had the two guys that the Celtics have, you know, Jason and Jalen. So I don't know. Long-term view, I think, gives you some hope. Um, and it's, it's the only, for me, it's the only reasonable way to look at it. If you're all about the, long, the long-term view. Yeah, I, well, I am. I think, you know, you, when you have a, uh, two guys that are 23 and 25, um, you know, you kind of have to have that in mind because of, you know, in, 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 I think the issue that we have here is Boston experienced a lot of success early on in this thing. And it warped our expectations for what, um, you know, this team could be at some point, the fact that they went to three, you know, Eastern conference finals in a span of four years, you know, you speed your timeline up, you know, it's like, Holy crap. What, what do we have here? But now there's things like, you know, you, and the roles have changed significantly over the years. And this is the one thing, like, maybe I guess in terms of what Ian said, I'm not, like, pushing back in a way. I'm just thinking about it in a, in a different context. Like, you have a new GM, new head coach, young stars learning how to carry a team. This is not going to happen overnight. Like, as, as much as people wanted to believe that Boston – with a year of health, which you can't promise at any point in any season ever, and a new couple of new fresh faces, having Al Horford back, like the continuity might change things, and Boston might be able to take that next step. Well, what has happened is, you know, you have Marcus Smart becoming more of a facilitator and full-time actual point guard uh, as opposed to whatever he was uh, in the past. And I don't even know what to label Marcus Smart other than he's just Marcus Smart at this point, right? You have Jason Tatum trying to become a bigger facilitator as everybody yells at him to try and make everybody else better. He's at least attempting to try and do that. If people want to come at me for like, oh, he's not making everybody better. Like, no, he's done a pretty good job of, of trying to be 
a guy that dishes the ball around. Can he do a better job of it? Yes, but he's like never done this before. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. Ime trying to figure out what rotations work, uh, you know, when to take timeouts. Remember Brad, the first year, we didn't even know, you know when to really take timeouts to stop runs and all that stuff. Never mind, try and develop things, whole different practice schedule than as opposed to college. Like, there's a lot of things that a lot of people are going to use to all at the same time. So Adam and I were talking pre-show here about maybe Boston, maybe the Celtics have to look at what their neighbors down the street, down the road, down the highway a little bit in Foxborough and say, look, the Patriots last year took a year and said, okay, it's the weirdest year ever. We're going to take a year to just – we'll get Cam Newton. We'll do this. We'll grab this. Let's just see what we have. And then, and then you know, have a definitive statement of, okay, these guys are good. This can't – we need to upgrade here, 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 and here. And now here we are in 2021-22, and the Pats are 8-4, and four, number one seed in the Eastern Con- – in the, in the AFC. And, they're, and we're moving on here. And they and they're, look like they never left. So maybe Boston at this point has to say, okay, guys, like, this entire season is about a few things. One, getting everybody healthy again, which, you know, we'll never know. But two, like, let's, you know, and that's what's so frustrating to me, Ian, is guys like Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard are stuck on the bench and can't get off it. We can't, we don't get to see what they actually have. Now that also Dennis Schroeder is playing really well and Josh Richardson is playing really well. So there's also reason for that. But I, I think, I feel like Boston is stuck without a direction. And it's, it's kind of hard to pick what direction because, as you said, the rest of the league is just kind of all jumbled together. We don't know what to make of anybody at this point, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 all great stuff, Evan. Um, you know, I, I think about Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard not being able to play after being, you know, promising uh, last year, second half for Aaron. And, you know, that – that's kind of, that's more proof of of the new system that that Udoka's putting in that what worked last year isn't going to work this year we're doing things differently and okay um and you see Jason Tatum at times really struggling with it i'm sure it has to do with his lower shooting percentage the fact that he's thinking more while he's playing rather than just reacting um but these guys they're being left behind right now because they can't cope with the new system, the new way of doing things. Um, so th- there's there's just a lot of moving parts on the, the team right now. An- another good thing the Celtics have going for them, you brought up the Patriots, and it's a, it's a great comparison to make because, I mean, how many times do we hear guys like Dan Shaughnessy, the, the old school guys, baseball guys, Steve Buckley, complain that the Celtics fans are just too kind to the team and they're always looking at potential in the future but I think it's a very sophisticated fan base if you're doing that, because that's how the NBA is. That's you, you draft these players when they're 19 and, and they have a lot more individual rights as players on the team sport than the others do baseball. You have to wait your turn to bat and football. You know, we all know how regimented football is, but basketball is so much about individual liberty and choosing to be part of a team uh, and the power of the great player to rule over everything that you have to be realistic about it. You can't just go in and say, shut up, do this, do what I say. No, it has to be the player's idea a lot of the time. And so there, you can just see, you can see when Jason Tatum goes for 10 assists one night versus Toronto. And then the next night for two, he's trying to figure it out. He's not, he doesn't, he's not consistent with it yet. 
And uh, and you can see when he's shooting poorly, uh, unlike other years, it's because he's thinking too much probably. So it's just way I guarantee you when Brad when Brad was hiring Ime last summer or whenever it was, they had a lot of conversations and Brad was like, look, I've been in this position of being a first-year coach. I had nowhere near as much NBA experience as you, but I know how hard it can be. And I'm going to give you a lot of rope. I'm sure that ha- I'm sure that conversation was had. And so right now, as frustrated as people are by the start, I guarantee that the two guys running the team are nodding to each other and saying, we knew this wasn't going to be easy, but let's just stick with it. Let's take a quick break. Tell you about uh, today's show. It's powered by betonline.ag. Of course, our good friends back better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball, which of course, you know, we're approaching midseason at this point. More props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the top spot, number one for all your basketball, football, and other action over the course of this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code. It is CLNS50 to receive that bonus. There's basketball, football, baseball futures are out there right now. There's hockey, obviously. Boxing, UFC, golf, there's so many other things. Your favorite Vegas casino games, you name it. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for you throughout 2021 with 2022 right around the corner here. Bet online, fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Normally, we spend a little time talking about the 9-4 and four Patriots, AFC leaders, and what they've got going on, what numbers Evan likes, but uh, bye week, baby. They're off. They're off. They get to just bask in all this before a trip to Indianapolis coming up next. So, uh, Ev, anything else that you are focused on going into the weekend? Uh, this this week's a little rough, in my opinion. Some people like it. Some, I, I actually don't. Um, there's a lot of big lines out there, and I usually don't like big spreads. Like, you know, Chiefs are minus 9.5 against the Raiders. It's a huge game for the Raiders, and the Chiefs' offense isn't playing super well right now. Um, I don't like that number. There are a few I do like. First one is Cincinnati at home getting points against the Niners. Niners going west to east. Now, the game's at 425, so that helps out San Fran. It's not going to be at 1 o'clock. But that Bengals defense is really good. San Fran, I'm not sure with Debo Samuel. We'll see what happens there. But my favorite bet of the week coming off a loss in which they were absolutely humiliated, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they're going to Tampa. I love the Bucks minus three and a half. Hmm. I think the I think Brady and the Bucks watched the tape last week and say, "Hey, we're gonna do the same thing that the Patriots just did. We have Leonard Fournette. We have a great offensive line. We have Tom Brady, and we're gonna have the ability to throw the ball if we need to. No Trey White for the Bills. I love the Bucks in this situation. The Bucks score at like forty points a game when they're at home. Um, over under is fifty four. I even like the over in that game. I love Tampa in that spot." I love the Bengals at plus one. And if you're going to – well, I'll give you one more. The Cardinals minus one against the Rams I like. But if you're going to take a big line, there's a lot of big spreads this week, I'll make it quick. The only big line I like is the Packers minus 12.5 against the Bears because, as we all know, and Aaron Rodgers says himself, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. So take Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Done. Well, love the idea of Tom Brady obviously doing his former Pats a favor, knocking out those bills this weekend. So hopefully that happens. And I will tell you, folks – We've been talking about it all season long. If you have been a staunch supporter of, you know, Mac Jones, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Bill Belichick, Coach of the Year, Patriots, to win the division, to win the conference, to win the Super Bowl, boy, did you miss the boat on some great numbers that were available to you compared to where they sit right now. So, I mean, jump in, jump in. You want to win a little cash. 
But uh, I'm not sure those, you know, barring some awful setback and things going south in a hurry, those numbers aren't going to get uh, too much worse than they are right now, unfortunately, for you guys. You had to jump in uh, a good month, month and a half ago, or even before the season to really uh, take advantage. But bet online. It's the only way to. The only the only way to clean up now is just to take Pat's box Super Bowl. That's yeah. it. And that's the betting favorite right now. So just a heads up. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's get back to the Celtics and NBA. And and you know, Ian, you were just talking about obviously Brad Stevens, Ime Odoka sitting down, you know, before the season, some of the conversations that I agree with you. I'm sure they had, you know, going into what this experience was going to be. I don't think I'd have to look, but I don't think we've had you on since the off season since, you know, maybe it was even just ahead of, of the start of training camp and preseason games. So, you know, you've had this, this long sample to, you know, get, get a feel for the Celtics and, and where they stand with respect to the rest of the league, like we talked about, but not just that having covered the league for so long and so many great, you know, hall of fame caliber or, or legitimate hall of fame coaches, you know, the, the impressions early on of Ime Odoka, you know, there are a lot of people, I'm sure you've talked to them as well. Evan certainly has, I have, I get texts all the time from buddies. There are people that are not sold on the, uh, the early returns of Ime Odoka here. And, you know, on, on the one hand, I can see it, you know, not to say I'm calling to the guy's head or anything like that. I do wonder how long the contract he signed is Celtics never publicized that information. So whether it was three years, five years, whatever, he's going to be around for a little while here and plenty of time to turn things around again. But uh, you know, I, while there are some aspects of his coaching, I've not enjoyed. There's also a part of me that says all the people that were, you know, fire Brad, that, and we were never those people, but all the people that were fire Brad and, and, and complaining about things they didn't like with Brad Stevens are now doing the exact same thing with Ime Odoka. And Ime was, you know, is, is saying the same stuff that Brad said about his team. So it, it begs the very obvious question that all the talking heads are talking about and have been talking about uh, really since the season began and things started going poorly, which is, is this the right core? You know, is, is it less Brad? and not Brad, the GM, but Brad, the coach, is it less Brad? Is it less Ime and more about what they have chosen or, or got to work with here? I mean, that, that is the great question. And Brad was asked that a couple of weeks ago, right. And said, we'll see. Um, and I think, I think we will know. We'll, we will all have a much better idea of this by the end of the year. Cause this is a new voice coming in. Uh, and as we've gone over, he's, he's figuring out himself, but it's a new voice, a new point of view, an emphasis on, um, sharing the ball, which I'm sure Brad was emphasizing too. And Brad's early teams did that really well. Those, those underdog teams that went deep into the playoffs, they shared the ball really well. Um, the big difference obviously is the NBA pedigree and, um, um, he played, I mean, he may played in the league and he, he's got a physical presence. I think that Brad uh, didn't necessarily have as a player. He may was a bit of an enforcer and he get up into you and he wouldn't back down and you couldn't intimidate him. Uh, and I'm sure there's an aura to him in uh, the personal relationships with the players that Brad just couldn't conjure because Brad didn't have any of that background. He was coming from a different point of view. So <clears throat> we'll see how this works over the course of the year. And the easiest way to judge it will be through Jason Tatum. And <clears throat> if he if he becomes more than 
uh, if he, which plane is he going to go on? Is he going to go on that Dominique Wilkins, Carmelo Anthony track? Or is he going to be more of the kind of guy you think of leads the team deep into the playoffs by sharing the ball? And you can see the efforts are being made to be the higher, to the higher calling, right? You can see it, that he's trying to do it. And it's just too early to bail on it right now. Um, and it's too early to make a call on Anime as a coach right now. Um, it's. Are you personally a believer? I I see the promise, the potential, because of where he came from. He's been in a lot of different situations in the NBA. He saw how the Spurs did it. Uh, he saw how it went wrong with Kawhi Leonard. Um, and um, and then what you see from him is not somebody that's going in all bluster and destroying relationships. Remember when Marcus Smart a few weeks ago after the game came out and started criticizing Jalen and Jason? How could I forget? And, and a lot of people were complaining about Marcus. You shouldn't be doing that. Well, what if the coach was starting to do that. It'd be much worse. And but he's not showing any signal of that as frustrated as he must be at times. Um, he's, he's working with them. And I see that as a great sign of maturity um, that, that he is respecting his relationships with them and building relationships through difficult times. And that's, that's their only hope. So I, 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 I think it's too early to to talk about where the coach is. It's too early to talk about trading Marcus Smart and his $14 million salary. That What's that going to get you, Marvin Bagley? I mean, $14 million, you would have to pair it with other guys, and I don't know how much value the other guys have. And they're already not a deep team anyway. So I just don't see that there are any easy answers. We live in a, an era right now where that's what you're supposed to come up with, and I apologize that I can't. <laughs> I mean, look, you've, you've got, whether it's Colin Coward, ESPN, I mean, people are, are now calling for a, a Damian Lillard trade, for instance, uh, to specifically to Boston, not just, you know, Lillard may or may not want out of Portland and all the smoke and fire and whatever that's been around that for, you know, weeks and months at, at this point in time. Years. Specifically. Yeah. Well, that, that too, but especially since the off season, you know, the, the idea of Lillard to Boston, are, are you a believer that, you know, and even if you can pull that off, like ESPN floated a, a package that doesn't involve Jalen Brown, let's say, you know, so you would still have that core of Brown, Tatum and Lillard, and you're giving up a boatload of picks and, you know, a whole bunch of lesser players, plus a guy like Horford to make the money work. Are, are you a believer in doing something like that? And, and, and also, do you think something like that, even if you are a believer, is even realistic? I don't think it's realistic. If Damian Lillard's available, you're going to be competing against much of the league to try to get him. And what is every, what's one of the big flaws of the Celtics team is who else is there besides Jalen and Jason? And you're telling me you're going to take a bunch of guys that are being criticized here for not contributing. You're going to be able to turn that into Damian Lillard when the whole league is competing to try to get him. I, I, maybe it can happen. If you're curious, this, this is the ESPN package that was floated out. Uh, Horford, uh, Hernan Gomez. Horford didn't even play for Oklahoma City last year. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> Richard Schroeder, uh, first round pick in 2022, first round pick in 2024, first round pick top 10 protected in 2026, 
first round pick top four protected in 2028 and a 2028 uh, second round pick. With the Celtics getting back Lillard, uh, Ellaby, McLemore, Snell, and Zeller. Or you could just have Ben Simmons. Who apparently Lillard says he wants to play with. <clears throat> I'm just pointing that out. Like I, it, the, the Celtic, like, look, as much as people want trade, this is the one thing about this league that, that kind of drives me crazy. And it's, it's more, I think, prevalent in the NBA than it is in any other sport. Maybe because there are machines online dedicated to this. <laughs> and it's part of like the video game culture, but mm-hmm. people freaking love trades, man. And they'll talk about it literally 365 days. It's clicks, year. gets traction, gets reaction. It's unbelievable. But if you think that the Boston Celtics are going to trade for Damian Lillard, uh, let me tell you something. They're not because there are other teams. Around, unless you're going to include Jalen Brown, which I wouldn't do. Like, it's just, I'm sorry. Like I had an, I had an argument and I had an argument. I had a just conversation about this. At the pizza restaurant I was just at two days ago, the, the, we had a conversation at the bar about trading for Dame Lillard. And I was like, all right, well, you're not trading Jalen Brown because I'm not trading Jalen Brown at 25 for Dame Lillard, who's going to make almost $50 million in three years or whatever it is. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just not. It's going to, it's going to, you know, shrink how much cap you can spend. And Lillard's a smaller guard. And uh, I don't think anybody's had a better front seat to how small guards age and how hard it is for small guards to score in the playoffs better than the Boston Celtics for the past, I don't know, seven years. So, you know, like as, and as much as I love Dame, Dame's fantastic. You're not giving up Jalen Brown to go get Dame. And if you're not, every a lot of other teams in the NBA can beat your trade back. So as much as people want to talk about it, great. Was, does it make sense? In your mind, Ian, if Boston were able to pull that off, does it make like does it fit the timeline? Does it fit both Jalen and Jason? Can Dame be a second fiddle? Was he okay? Like, does that make sense to you from just like an on the court aspect? Because I'm not totally convinced it does either. Well, I mean, if somehow you know um, you had blackmailing photos to convince the trailblazers <laughs> to trade for a bunch of draft picks that are going to be in the twenties. Once you get Damian Lillard on a team with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, then yeah. I mean, if you could get him without giving up your two best players, for sure you would, you would go out and get him. I don't think you can, but if you could, then that team could instantly contend, you know, if, if they play together, they, they could contend for a championship right away. I mean, they could, but this is like God, so many years. I, you know, you read the New York papers and you'd see the Knicks are going to be lining up to trade, and they they put in these players all this junk, thinking that because it's the Knicks in New York that they could trade a bunch of junk to go out and get an NBA star. All these trade rumors that have always come out of New York. We used to drive me crazy, and this sounds a little bit like that. I I just it's it's fun to dream about having Dame Willard on the on the Celtics, but. Not, not for, and maybe, maybe you could have done it in the early days of the the nuts trade when you had all those lottery picks. Now all of a sudden you'd be at the front of the list, but um, you you don't have that, and you don't have you don't have young players to trade, except for the two that you want to keep. So, no. Bells, I'm going to call an audible real quick. Talk about cannabis specifically 
Massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries. You can see Evan getting his T-shirt ready. INSA, I-N-S-A, they are the premier cause for the founders. Pat and Pete re-engineered the cannabis model. You can see I got a, a shirt right here. We'll get Ian a shirt if he wants one. Uh, from what they sell to how they sell it, while never forgetting that it is for everyone, obviously, that is INSA, the INSA dispensaries. They are inviting. They are modern. You can go on in, learn more. Evan has gone in to check it out, talked with the guys, and learned a whole lot, obviously, about the way things work, asked his questions. The staff, they are authorities on the science who answer every question from differences between, you know, the flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia, anxiety, uh, just hanging out with friends, a little recreation, whatever it is, obviously, that you're into. Uh, Insa has world-class chefs, world-class head chef, only hires the most respected growers, who, uh, of course, protected and uh, perfected their craft when it wasn't necessarily uh, legit, you might say. So uh, one last thing, the INSA founders, they are not VCs from Silicon Valley, lifelong pals from Springfield. So it's another local team to root for. You got INSA in Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, uh, two Springfield locations, including just off I-95 behind uh, the uh, MGM Casino. Mention that we sent you, stop by, T-shirt for a penny, like the ones that we've been flashing your way, insa.com. That's I-N-S-A.com, 877-500-INSA. So what would be the specific recommendation they would make after, say, watching that Lakers game the other night? <laughs> Anything to put you to sleep. Blackout. Whatever would cause you to forget <laughs> everything that you just watched. That would be what my recommendation would be. I'm sure they can help you out with whatever you <laughs> hey, I want to forget everything I just saw from the past yeah. 24 hours. Oh, yeah, we got that for you. Don't worry about that. We got that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think there's three or four different varieties to help you through the Celtic season because, yeah. like, you have a variety of mood swings watching this in Fury. The, uh, the, yeah. the monkey strain from Grandma's Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we, 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 uh, it, or from Ted. It's yeah, it's pretty mellow stuff. It's called This Is Permanent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God, I love those um, movies. Ian, we'll let you go in a couple minutes, obviously. But for you know all the all the stuff we've been talking about and just rebuilding this thing, I, I can't help. But think about, so this week, as I'm sure you know, uh, Kevin McHale, of course, a, a Celtics legend uh, for, for multiple reasons, what he did on the floor and, and his impact, uh, you know, in Minnesota and helping to, you know, get Kevin Garnett here and, and you know, create another little mini dynasty for this team, or at least a, a you know, hand, half dozen exciting, really exciting years, uh, just went into the uh, tradition in Boston, part of that uh, great annual event, uh, Danny Ainge was was the uh, the, the man that, uh, you know, got him in, uh, ushered him in there, uh, was his, uh, I, I don't know, the, the, whatever, whatever they call him, the same that you'd find at, at the Hall of Fame with the guys that, that are ambassadors for the, uh, new inductees, that type of thing. But, yeah. um, so you had, uh, you had Danny Ainge. He had, he had a, a good chat, about seven minute chat with Chris Forsberg and, and delved into some interesting things of what he's up to lately, what could be next, talking about this team, all that. And the thing that jumped out to me is Chris, as he should have asked Danny, like, all right, I mean, what's next? You know, you're ready to be a full time grandparent or are you thinking about getting back to work? And Ainge was, you know, w- went, right into Danny Ainge mode and said that, you know, obviously he doesn't want to do what he did again, meaning, you know, the, the full-time grind and 18 hour days and all that stuff. But he certainly sounds like someone who would be very open to having a role consulting, you know, whatever it is specifically. And, and this, my words, not his, but 
Portland obviously just got rid of its GM. Utah, where Ainge is living right now. Uh, he said it had to be the right fit, the right people, all that stuff. Maybe the ja- uh, the uh, the Blazers specifically are, are not uh, the right fit, the right situation for a guy like Danny Ainge. But the, the thing that I'm delving at here or driving at here, the thing that, that I just I was thinking about listening was, I don't, are, are we certain that all went down the way that it has been reported and talked about having gone down his exit in Boston? Because obviously the Celtics, you know, really sold everybody on retirement. And Danny doesn't seem like a guy who, who wants to be retired. You know, I've, I've never really, I, I don't know for a fact what happened, but I've never really questioned the idea that he was forced out or um, that it was anything, but he was, he was just exhausted and that he had to take care of his health uh, based on his heart history and uh, he'd been in that chair for a long time, and the results weren't they, the results weren't coming in as expected. And they'd had a great run in free agency, but those moves hadn't worked out, you know, between Gordon Hayward and then going out and training for Kemba. And then it was just time for him to back off. That's how I always took it. Um, and if he goes out and becomes a consultant with somebody, I don't think that means that we should look back necessarily and say, okay, uh, he was, he was forced out before his time. Jerry West has kind of invented this new consultant job where you go in and you don't have to do the nine to five or really the 6 AM to 10 PM job of being the GM. Uh, But you have the owner's ear and you have a high place at the table and people listen to you. Um, so I can see very much Danny taking on that job where he has a lot of freedom and he doesn't have to be there all the time. You know, anytime you need him, he can get on the phone with you or he, he stops by the team every now and then. And when it's going into the draft, he's there. When it's trade time, he's there. That's what Jerry West has done. Mm. Um, and it gives a lot of credibility to a team, whether it's having Jerry West with uh, um, the Warriors or now the Clippers. And I can see Danny doing the same thing for a team and still being able to play golf and take care of himself physically. And it's not his fault when it goes bad. So he doesn't carry the stress as much. I, I can see all of that happening. Um, and so much that, question, question, if Danny Ainge is like outright named the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. Well, if that happens, then, yeah, then we should reconsider everything we heard. <laughs> but I, I just do. I would be I would be. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either, but I'm just so. putting it out there. And also, it's not I don't think it's going to happen in a place like Portland because they're in such disarray. Uh, he's he's only I would think he's only, only going to go to a place where he has relationships or he really believes in the relationships and it's a solid place. Well, the other the, the thing with that is like what, you know, there's no team that isn't in disarray is going to be looking for a, a new GM anyway. Exactly. So you bring out, but if you're a solid place and you can add Danny Ainge to what you've got, why not? Why wouldn't you? No. Utah is a solid place. So, and he's got a relationship with the owner. So that's, mm. that should be at the top of anybody's list of where he might end up being the consultant. Ev, parting thoughts? Well, maybe they can throw Donovan Mitchell back to the Celtics way because, you know, it's a tradition, you know. He yeah. had Kale giving up, you know, their most prized possession and Kevin Garnett gift-wrapping him 
the Boston Celtics. We all know Donovan Mitchell has a, a good relationship with Jalen Brown. Just saying, hey, you know, we're all that that could be just like the last final piece of the Danny Ainge era. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, Danny, say what you will about how it ended. Danny did a phenomenal job building the Celtics for as long as he was there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yep. any any organization, you know, understanding what he's about and understanding that he has a lot of knowledge, both as a player, coach, GM, all that stuff. He's got a lot of knowledge. A lot of institutional knowledge. So, you know, it, Jerry West is the best to do this particular role. I know he's like the first guy to do it, but he's also incredible at it. Like, wasn't he the guy that said, don't trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love? Like, wasn't he the guy on the table? Like, no, we're not doing this. Um, the Clippers have done a nice job trying to round out their roster with guys at the end of the bench that are from Massachusetts and killing the Celtics with Trey Mann and, and with most recently BJ Boston. That was a tough one to watch the other night. Um, you know, they, he can obviously thrive in that role and he has years of experience to build on. So, and he still knows the current NBA. So that's the thing that you get a little, you know, weirded out about is, is, is can, can, can he, is, is he too far removed? And I don't think Danny is at this point. So I think that's a great, great idea for anybody at that point. Yeah. All right. Once again, this show brought to you by uh, betonline.ag and INSA. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign up bonus. Go to INSA.com, INSA.com. Mention we sent you. Get a t shirt for a penny. Celtics, obviously, not a great road trip. Probably going to finish at one and four tonight. But uh, again, I'll, if, I'll, I'll be. Be remiss if they, you know, for for deciding to do things the way we did. If they actually go out and win that game tonight, I just hope the Celtics find their way to be right around 500 still when uh, when we get to the new year. Because looking at the upcoming schedule, you know, if they were sitting three, four, five games below 500, unfortunately, that would not be shocking. So let's uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Ian, we appreciate you stopping by as always, my friend. We don't do it often enough. So thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. A lot of fun. Take care. All right, everybody, enjoy. Good luck uh, or watch something else tonight if you feel the need. Uh, for Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Goffin. We'll talk to you again next week. Of course, Ian Thompson. Thank you all so much. We'll see you then.